Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick, covering the Boston Red Sox, and myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you could find us on Twitter, at Talking Rivals. We also have a website, TalkingRivals.com. You can also find us, um, you could also follow Patrick, at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself, at CP7NY. You could also find us wherever you find your podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. And you could also find us on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarian.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling of all the other great shows on there. Um, Patrick, we got a special guest. I'm going to introduce him. He has got his own podcast. Uh, it's called Christopher's Clutch Hitter. We were on his show a few months ago, talking Yankees and Red Sox, obviously. But Christopher, welcome to the show. Um, introduce yourself and tell us about your your podcast, so everybody knows what it's about and where to get it. Right. Well, let's try this again. My name is Christopher Curtis, and I live in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, to some people, we're known as the air capital of the world, but for today, we're known as the home of the Wichita Winsurge, the double A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. And Wichita is a member of the Texas League, uh, which you know is a big rivalry. Not a big rivalry, but a good, you know, north, uh, good North American rivalry with both Boston and New York. And uh, you can catch my show on uh, right now. I only got two platforms. And I'm hoping I'm an anchor. Um, my show is uh, uh, distributed and produced by Anchor. And uh, it goes out on Spotify. Uh, I'm starting my second season. And matter of fact, as soon as I get this podcast done, I'm going to go work on, uh, work on my next show. And uh, the, the concept, the reason why I call it Clutch Hitter is my thoughts are were set on that guy that gets the big hit in the ball game that, you know, turns, turns the game around. And when I throw that concept out of there, uh, my podcast last year didn't really start until early September. And I just, I did it. I did everything on Twitter and just put everything out there. But I usually pick that one guy that had the, that one guy that was three for five or four for five. Matter of fact, I had guys that, you know, I had one guy get seven RBI in one night, uh, which to it's this date, yeah, a real good night. Uh, he went seven for, uh, or he went four for, I think it was either four for five or five for six. Um, Two home runs, seven RBI. Uh, I think he had a pair of he had a two-run homer, a three-run homer, and a and a and a and a two-run double. Um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar or not with him, but his uh, his name is Edward Julian, and uh, I mean uh, he's Canadian and uh, he he's got some speed. Uh, he's let he. Two years ago, he led the Med the Midwest League, the Cedar Rapids, uh, the Cedar Rapids Colonels, with over 120 some walks. 
And this past season with the wind surge, uh, he had at least 100 and 115 was second on the team with uh, second on the team with 17 homers. Um, he was just one of those guys that was clutch and he got invited to the Arizona fall league in October and put it this way between the end of the end of the season for the surge in the Texas league until Eddie went and played uh, until EJ went and played for the uh, Glendale desert dogs. He didn't shut off the switch. He kept, he kept right on going in. Um, he's projected to, uh, the twins got him as a non-roster invited to spring training in February. Uh, we're not sure, you know, I haven't really got a lot of details. I've got a couple interviews coming up with, uh, with the, uh, radio announcers of both the wind surge and, uh, St. Paul, the St. Paul, uh, the St. Paul saints, which Patrick remembers as, uh, you know, St. Paul's Minnesota's AAA Farm Club, which used to be uh, the Rochester Red, uh, the Rochester the, Red the Wings. Red Wings yep, yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, Minnesota and Rochester, you know, had their years together. And, uh, and I don't know what more you can expect. You know, you've got, you've got your AAA Farm Club less than 15 miles away from the ballpark. And you're like, hey, St. Paul home today? Yeah. Get that kid so he can come up and play. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good setup. That's, uh, that's convenient. That's about as good as it gets. And, you know, you look at it as we had Wichita, Wichita, and I can even throw in Kansas City because for this, for this, you know, part of the, the, the talk here, Wichita sent at least four players that were in wind surge uniforms by the time of the all-star break, all four of them. No, let me rephrase that. All three of them were played at one time played in Minnesota. Now, Chris is familiar with two. No, Chris is familiar with one. Louis Varland pitched uh, September 7th, I think against the Yankees and Unfortunately, Aaron Judge went deep on him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hey, Louis Var Louis Varlin can go, hey, this is my second start in Major League Baseball. And guess what? I gave up one of the home runs to Aaron Judge. You know? Yeah. Uh well and I, no, not to cut you off, Chris, but let's let's try to get into um the, the Yeah, sounds that, good to me. Yeah, it sounds like because there were some moves that the Royals made and the twins made another team that you kind of follow as well. Um, so Patrick, let, let's, let's get into some of these moves because they kind of impacted the three of us. All three of our teams are impacted. So it's perfect to get our friend Christopher on the show now because it's uh, it worked out pretty well. Uh, the Red Sox and the Royals make a trade. Um, I, I think out of nowhere, really. I mean, I, I hadn't heard any rumblings about it, but uh, Josh Taylor, left-handed reliever who's had injury issues himself but he's i think he has three more years of team control and a lefty reliever you're going to get more looks than than a right-handed reliever so he's on his way to kansas city 
and Red Sox get back at Alberto Mondesi, son of Raul Mondesi, um, and a player to be named later. Right. And, and Mondesi is, and Christopher can get into this, Mondesi is a speedster who the big question is, is he going to stay healthy? Because he's, he's tantalized scouts. Does he turn into a Franchi Cordero? And Boston fans will be like, oh, God, why'd you bring that name up? <laughs> or does he turn into somebody that stays healthy and puts up numbers? Because he's got the talent. So, so far, I like the trade, but I want to see him on the field, stay healthy, and put it together. But it's a good – I think it's – he's signed for this, the rest of this year, and that's it, uh, Mondesi. So, I think, like I said before, uh, I, I think it's a good trade. I think it helps out both teams. Um, and oh, heavens, yes. Yeah. I listen. I, I we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I, I like the move by the uh, by the Red Sox because they gave up nothing. They only gave up a middle reliever, you know, a decent one, but nothing really that they can't replace. And they got in a guy who got a lot of upside because if he stays healthy, that's a pretty solid player. A little a little pop in his bat. Got a lot of speed to steal bases. You know, maybe not the greatest, you know, glove at short, but still not horrible. So I I, no. I personally like it. You know, I like the move. What, what do you think, Christopher? Well, I look at Albert uh, Aldoberto and, you know, with the Royals, I've grown up with dozens of shortstops that, you know, we're Hall of Fame bound and never got there. I mean, you have Freddie Patek. You have uh, Will Whitmerfield played a little bit in the infield until they moved him out in the outfield. Um, Aldoberto Mondesi, the, the kid was a stud. I mean, there would be – and from a Kansas City Royals viewpoint, Salvador Perez is – the heart and the soul of the Kansas city Royals and guys rally around Salvador, just like they rally around everybody else. But when Mondesi felt something, when Witt felt something or Merrifield, I got to make sure I got that right now because we had Bobby Witt jr. You know, who's playing for the Royals now and Witt Merrifield and they, every time they said, even Michael A. Taylor was that way. They all played off of each other's vibes. And you two are both aware that, you know, Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City for years has been a pitcher's nightmare. You dump one in the gap, you can forget it. I mean, I saw Roy White years ago, a, a former Yankee. He dumped one. No, not White. Mickey Rivers dumped one into the gap at Kauffman Stadium. I'm sorry. See you later. Bye. And the guy turned on the jets with the inside the park Homer. And I think to my knowledge, that was the first inside the park home run I had ever seen. Uh, but that's the way that, uh, that's the way that Alberto Mondesi and Michael A. Taylor, I think the twins got a good choice. Patrick, I think you guys got a good one. I, you know, I, as I said, I don't follow the Red Sox that much, so I'm not really sure. You know, what we're getting with Josh Taylor, 
he's a lot like Mondesi in that he has he has electric stuff, but he has injury issues. Um, right. Back last year that kind of threw him off. Um, he's got good stuff though, and he's a lefty reliever, and he's controllable for a couple of years. I think that's the big thing for Kansas City. Well, and you know, Kansas City just signed uh, uh, Araldos Chapman. Uh, Kansas City in the years has kind of struggled as at a closer. Um, you know, I grew up watching Dan Quisenberry, uh, Jeff Montgomery, uh, that were awesome, awesome, awesome closers. Um, Jeremy Allfeld was a good setup guy. And uh, the last couple of years before that, especially when the Royals went to the, you know, went to the series in, in uh, 15, you know, we called it the law firm of uh, uh, Davis Herrera and uh, Holland, which was uh, Wade Davis, Kelvin Herrera and Greg Holland. Those three were, sh- those three were lights out. And, I know Chapman's a one-year deal, and everybody's on Twitter going like, okay, Kansas City, I'm glad, happy that you got our pitcher. Yeah, you know what? Real quick about Chapman, I trust me, there's not a Yankee <laughs> fan that wants him anywhere near the team, especially how he quit on the team last year going into the playoffs. But I think, right? from, I, I think it was, a to me, the Royals picked him up because, hey, you know what? If he works out, then he could, you know, probably you could trade him in July at the trade deadline for <laughs> something decent. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Listen, if he's bad, what was it, $3 million he, he signed for? You know, all right. I think it, so. Yeah, it was, to me, it's a $3 million gamble. It's a one-year deal. Let's see what he does. If he does great, fine, we'll, we'll move him at the trade deadline. If he doesn't, maybe we'll cut him halfway through the year, you know? So I, from the Kansas uh, – from the Royals' standpoint, I thought it was a good move from the Yankees – I'm so happy to see him go because, <laughs> I mean, he was not pitching well anyway. So even if he, I, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to make the playoff roster anyway. To be honest, how bad he was pitching, but after the injury to uh, Michael King, you know, maybe he would have made it. Um, but uh, he was not pitching well last year towards the end. Well, you know, you look at that uh, uh, from 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 a point of view that you know, uh, you you know. Uh, Chris, you know that the Yankees have uh, a Minnesota Twins cast off in that, uh, you know, that third baseman by the name of Josh Donaldson. And I've, I hated him when he played for Toronto and I couldn't stand him when he played for Minnesota. Uh, I mean, hey, he fits into the Yankee mold, but, you know, he fits into the Yankee mold. He's a Yankee jerk. Well, no, he's just a jerk. He's not a Yankee jerk. There's yeah, no I don't think he's that not how you... pinstripes yet. Yeah, there's, there's no. Is that how you guys do it? There's no jerks on the Yankees. Well, I, I'm gonna have to <laughs> jump in there and say, I, my guy that Christopher, my guy that, and Chris knows as well. The guy that I can't stand is uh, Stan, but I, I've just I've never seen somebody <laughs> go from great to bad to great on alternate pitches. <laughs> you could get a, a fastball down the middle and he hits it like the sandlot, you know, over everybody. And then the next pitch in his next at bat, he'd need a lawn chair to catch it. To make right. So, 
But yeah. everybody has their well, player that kind of irritates them. I don't know, Josh Donaldson. I, I could see he, he's he's kind of <laughs> one of those guys that gets under your skin. But I don't know if he's a typical Yankee. Like, no, he's villain. Yeah, he's he's just trust me. No Yankee, not many, if any, Yankee fans like him because of he was just so bad last year offensively. He was a, a great glove at third base. He still has that. It's just a yeah, power. Yeah. Just not there anymore, and he's he's pimping fly balls to right field or left field, oh. and you know they're not even hitting the wall, and he's pimping them, thinking they're yeah. home runs, you know. So that's it's just it's comical <laughs> what he does. But uh, well, but, you know, yeah. you know, you know, Josh did that for Toronto, and uh, you know, back in the days when the you know the Royals in Toronto were going at each other, because you know the run in in fourteen for Kansas City uh, went through Toronto. Uh, he was either 14 or 15 went through Toronto and uh, you know, Jose Batista and yep. uh, Donaldson were just like, Oh, you guys can't touch me. And uh, I've got a Kansas, I got a cousin that's a diehard Kansas city Royals fan. And he said, you know, I, I I'm sure you two remember the bat toss that uh, Batista thought it was out, you know, out of the ballpark. And, and as I said, they don't call Kauffman Stadium the friendly confines. Uh, I mean, even back in the day, George Brett still had to muscle him out of there. And, I mean, I know Donaldson and, and Batista are studs. And you still, you got a hiccup to get one out of Kauffman Stadium. I don't care. Who, I don't care who you are. And, you know, the bat toss in – in the series between between Toronto and Kansas City, I'm thinking it was in 15. They said there was not a there was not a person at Kauffman Stadium that day wasn't dying laughing. You know, Batista's like, "Oh, okay, I got this out of the ballpark." And we're all like, "No, you didn't." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but hey, I remember as a kid growing up, George Brett could flinch and and put one into the fountains. Uh, you know, his signature fountain shot. And I actually did get to see a fountain shot in 1985. It was either 85 or 87 when Brett was, you know, getting towards the end of his career and, and George flinched. And I said, you know, you can't go to a Kansas city Royals game at Kauffman stadium without seeing the George Brett flinch and George flinched. And next thing you know, it's in the fountain and somebody's got to go, you know, fountain diving to get him a baseball, which some people still do, you know, they get arrested on the spot, but Hey, they got a baseball with them. So, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish I had seen George Brett in his prime because I was born in the mid eighties. So I missed out. Uh, oh man. I, on the prime, world, uh, the, the, the rivalry there was, um, I heard it was, uh, very intense on both sides. Well, you know, the Royals, uh, okay, the Royals came into the league in um, 60, 68, 69. They were the Kansas City Athletics up till 67 when uh, uh, Charlie Finley took the team, moved them to Oakland, and they became the Oakland Athletics, and we became the Kansas City Royals. Well, the Kansas City Royals, you know, uh, the Kansas City Royals grew up. Uh, Brett showed up in spring training. 
he looked like a super a, a surfer dude that uh caught the wrong flight out of lax you know to 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 uh i think the royals were actually in florida at the time and not scottsdale and uh you know george brett shows up surfer haircut and they're like okay who is this kid you know and you know he turns into you know one of the all-time greats for the kansas city royals but christopher you remember that you know we've had a lot of uh, new york yankees that have come through kansas city no definitely uh, uh sweet lou Pinella, carlos beltran uh johnny damon those are three <laughs> three huge yeah three huge names uh david cone uh you know i as a kansas city royals fan had have to, uh, for years have had to sit there and go can somebody go to new york and you know, seize the bank assets of back then George Steinbrenner and now his son Al. Can somebody just go, hey, no, you can't do that no more. But I've gotten, you know, I've gotten a few laughing moments. Every uh, Christopher, you remember the intense, the intense three seasons from 76 to 78 between the Royals and the Yankees. And then, hey, you know, they say third time's a charm, except this time it was fourth time was a charm. And trust me, Chris, I have never in my life seen George Steinbrenner run out of a ballpark mm-hmm. as fast as as fast as he yeah, could were, in game. Those were some intense yeah. times. But <laughs> uh, what you know, did you think? It was the other, the other trade that came out, too, was the Michael, you know, Michael A. Taylor trade, right? He went to the Twins. Yep. Um, I, you know, like I was going to, I was going to ask you too, Patrick, what do you, what do you guys think moving Taylor to the twins? Do you think now the twins move or try to move? Um, what's his name? Uh, their other, the left fielder. Uh, Max, uh, Max Kepler. Yeah. Max. Do you think that opens up a trade for him? Cause I don't think they're going to move Buxton. I think he's, he said, and no, they, um... also, they also traded away. Um, uh, a raise too to uh to the so Miami, yep, Miami, right? Uh, for Pablo Lopez, what was do you yeah, think? I'm yeah, well, what are your thoughts on those two, Patrick? You want to go first? You want me to, uh, yeah, because you can go first because I'm still, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what to well, make of what Minnesota is doing, yeah. Well, I mean, and I haven't po- I haven't published my I mean I haven't published my show for this week, but one line I uh, one the first line I went through in the trades in the off season. My line is, the off season for the Minnesota Twins was an absolute fiasco, because Carlos Correa had him by the balls, then he dropped it, and. <sighs> My opinion is Scott Boros is not, you know, and I'm going to behave because, you know, this is, this is, you know, a, a, a somewhat child-friendly show, and I don't like Scott Boros. Scott Boros has cost the Kansas City Royals, Carlos Beltran, if I remember right, Johnny Damon, and he caught, uh, he did so much turmoil with Carlos Correa, I mean, Carlos tells Minnesota, okay, we're not going anywhere. 
and I want out of here. And they're like, okay, bye. Well, he goes out to San Francisco and they're like, holy, you got a bad back. Ends up in New York. Oh, you've got a bad back. And the twins are like, oh, we can get, I mean, if you want to come back, we'll give you the deal, but we're going to, we're, 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 we're going to knock a decimal off of there. And my definition of the off season for the twins, everybody wants to give them a B I'll give them to a C I'll give them the C because they saved their butt with Michael A. Taylor. But I was talking with the, the, the radio voice of the, of the wind surge, uh, Tim Grubbs, and uh, we're doing a show on the 16th of February, just, you know, going over the changes with the surge and Kansas city picked up an awesome left-hander in Evan Sisk. He came up through the Cardinal system, which everybody knows is, is probably one of the most awesome systems in minor in major league baseball. And uh, to me, we got the forthcoming of El Senior Smoke. We got a kid named Steven Cruz that could top out at 101-102. They think both of those, both Sisk and Cruz will probably end up in uh, Omaha. I would expect to see Evan Sisk with the Royals, but he does have a little bit of control issues. Or no. Not Evan, uh, Steven does. Cruz has got a few control issues. He did have three blown saves last year. But hey, if you can top out at 102, I ain't got no problem with a few slight hiccups. But Michael A. Taylor, I'll tell you this, I'm, 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 has got him, uh, Definitely got him a fourth outfit. I think uh, uh, Max Cap right now at outfield. I think of Matt Walner. Uh, Matt Walner and right Buxton center. Uh, Kepler so far and left, but uh, and then you've got a fifth outfielder for Minnesota. His name's Gilberto Celestino. That's, you know, fluctuated, but um, now is uh, Nick, uh, last name's Gordon. Is he? I can't remember if he's infield or outfield for the Twins. I think he plays both, doesn't he? Yeah, he's I uh, think he does. base, corner, outfield, yeah. I think. I just, yeah. I, I'll that, be that, honest. Go I, ahead. I just, I, I'm just going to say, I just don't like the trade for either team that Arreyes and Pablo Lopez moved because I don't think it really improves either team, you know, like, yeah, I think, I think oh. it's a lateral move. Yeah. Each. It's kind of a weird fit. Um, now you're moving jazz Chisholm from Miami to center field. Right. Right. Yeah. He prefers that too. I think he, he said I would move to center. Like he was, he was volunteering to do that. So. So in that case, I mean, it it lengthens Miami's lineup, but I, I don't I don't know. Well, you you look at it in a twin sense with them getting Michael A. Taylor, you're getting you're getting that 
that second or actually that that third center fielder for the twins and i tell you the twins and matt walner and Wright, guys i'm still praying that i get the money and everything to to get my first home opener for the royals it's it'll be the royals and the minnesota twins at kaufman um I've been a Royals fan since the mid-70s, and I have not been able to ever go to a home opener. And I look at it as an opportunity to see one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight or nine players from both the Minnesota Twins and the Kansas City Royals that have come through Riverfront Stadium in Wichita. And for Minnesota, it will be Jose Miranda, uh, Matt Walner, uh, those two that you'll you'll definitely see in the everyday lineup for the Twins. Uh, you know you got Bobby Witt Jr., uh, son of uh, Bobby Witt Sr. Uh, I got lucky two years ago. Witt was I was supposed to get the opportunity to see Witt, and we never did. So I never had to, you know, um, Riverfront Stadium is another ballpark that's kind of like Kaufman. Um, uh, It sits off the river here in Wichita, which I really hope you two can get here in July, uh, you know, when my wife and I renew our wedding vows and uh, you guys will see what the ballpark's like. Uh, the, The longest home run to date is 505 feet. And uh, when I heard that that day, I was like, you got to be kidding me, 505? I mean, the guy that belted it out of there, he put it on the other side of the fence. I'm not talking the fence from in the fence in the playing surface. Right. He put, in the, he put it over the fence that's just, you know, just feet away from the parking lot. And now – Riverfront Stadium in Wichita is kind of like Kauffman Stadium. Kauffman Stadium, you get the wind off of I-70 or you get the wind off the parking lot. And a few years back in my time, you know, Bo Jackson got a hold of one with the wind behind him. And they said the only thing that kept it from hitting I-70 was the scoreboard at Kauffman Stadium because they said they had to go change light bulbs up in the top of the scoreboard because he he blew out like four light bulbs, but they said that ball, he said you could just sense and see it in the perspective, in the trajectory, that ball was still rising when they went to the ballpark. Yeah. And that scoreboard, and that scoreboard, to my knowledge, at Kaufman is 12 stories high. And they said it hit about the 11th floor. <laughs> if you put it in the perspective of a hotel, but they said that ball was still rising and that was the only thing if that ball would have been 10 feet to the left or i mean yeah 10 10 15 10 15 feet to the left it probably would have hit a passing car on i-70 and somebody go like what crap where'd that come from mm-hmm. and kansas city's like it probably would have got somebody going through from iowa to you know iowa to missouri or iowa to kansas you know and they get hit by a baseball outside of Coffin Stadium. And it's because, you know, Bo Jackson was up. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, just getting back to the trade with uh, Arreyes, 
I, I looked at it as I didn't know, like I know Florida, uh, the Marlins, excuse me, like they're looking for an, another bat in the lineup. So I understood it from that standpoint, but I thought they would be able to get something a little better for, you know, for Lopez. Cause Lopez, they've been kind of dangling there for a while and they were trying to get uh, Peraza and uh, Torres from us. And I thought that was crazy. Right. And I didn't think Lopez, and I look at Lopez, I'm not, I don't know. Am I missing something with Lopez? I see Lopez as maybe a two at best. That's like the best, the top, you know, that you could expect from him. Yeah. I don't know. I, right. <laughs> I think Arreyes is going to come down a little bit this year. The average. I don't know if that's sustainable. I know yeah. he's a great contact hitter, but. Um, it, yeah. He could come down a little bit and I'm, st- I mean, <laughs> After the Carlos Correa fiasco, I'm I'm not even certain what the Twins are thinking anymore. Uh, now, this I don't remember. Did Aries win the American League batting title this year? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, I. Um, Why? Three, either three twelve, three eleven. That area. Three twelve, three eleven, and. I just found out. I don't know if it was the trade with uh, you, with you, Patrick. You know, for Boston. But um, no, actually, I take that back. It was the trade. Uh, it was the trade with uh, Minnesota uh, for uh, Mike uh, for uh, Michael A. Taylor. Uh, Kansas City was asking for Josh Winder, and I think Boston might have been asking for Winder. Oh, and wow. Minnesota's like, yeah, Minnesota's like, nah, it ain't working that way. No. Uh, yeah. Every every. I mean, every GM yeah. has a list of a couple of prospects that they want to just. They have their favorites from each organization, and it's if multiple. My theory is if multiple GMs are asking about a certain prospect, it's probably best to keep. Like everyone <laughs> asked the Yankees yeah. about Volpe. Everybody well, asked. You look at. Yeah. So. I mean, you look at Josh Winder, you know, he, he won seven for the wind surge, uh, back in 21. Uh, he's second or third all time, uh, all time in wins in franchise history. And you look at that and, uh, Minnesota said he's off limits and, but the way, the way Minnesota has, handled this off season. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, now the wind surge are very high stocked in the infield right now, but two of our infielders can play first and catch. And, uh, I kind of got a little bit more doctrinated on triple uh, a franchises only like to carry one or two catchers because they don't want that second, that second and third catcher sitting on the bench for five days a week, you know, yeah, and, they'd, they'd and rather make that roster. They want the roster flexibility of having an extra arm in the bullpen, maybe. Right. And, I mean, Wichita's got three catchers right now. Uh, two of them came up in in late season call ups. Uh, both of them have a both of them had a little bit of a stick, uh, and 
I think I'm finally, I'm finally, I mean, I'm more into, uh, into minor league baseball than you two are. Um, because you guys are more both into Boston and New York. Well, unfortunately for Wichita, Kansas, I'm 210 miles away from Kansas City. Uh, I'm 10 hours away from Denver and the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I'm 12 to 15 hours away from the Rangers and the Astros. And I'm another 12 hours away from St. Louis. So... But Wichita, in its ultimate wisdom, has always been a decent hotbed for players. But back in the 70s, they never took Wichita serious. I mean, Wichita has been the, been the, the AAA affiliate of Cleveland, Texas, Cincinnati, Chicago, and the Montreal Expos. And we didn't keep those. We didn't keep the, I mean, I've seen Eric Davis come through Wichita. Um, Chris, here's one for you. Chris Chambliss at one time came through Wichita. Buddy Bell for Cleveland. Um, Alex Gordon, Johnny Damon, Carlos Beltran, Jermaine Dye. All four of those guys played at uh, Lawrence Dumont Stadium, what's what Riverfront was when it was home to the Wichita Wranglers when we were the AA affiliate of Kansas City. And, uh, you know, there's another history. I mean, Wichita has had a hotbed of teams. Double uh, A-wise, we've been the double A affiliate of the San Diego Padres with uh, – Robbie and Sandy Alomar. Uh, we were the double A affiliate of Kansas City. And I gave you my my list of names, Alex Gordon and all them. And now we're the double A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. But I'm also not that far from the double A affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. And that is one big reason why I want to get so I'm I'm trying my hardest to get to that home opener for the Royals this year is I've got a good possibility of seeing eight guys from both teams Mm. that stepped foot into riverfront stadium, not once, but twice in my lifetime. Nice. And they're going to be able to, I mean, Jose Miranda, uh, Jose Miranda, that guy's a that that guy's a stud. His first game in AAA back in twenty one, uh, three home runs, six RBI, uh, six eight or nine, I can't remember. Um, another one for Minnesota, his name's uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who uh, was with Minis- was with Minnesota, went at the trade deadline. He's now with uh, the Chattanooga Lookouts, Cincinnati's double-A franchise. Encarnacion Strand, his first week in double-A, or in in high-A, excuse me, three home runs, nine RBI. Hmm. And 
I, I, the reason why I like mentioning Christian, Christian is I got one of his baseball bats. Guys, I'm 56 years old, and <laughs> you talk about a kid in a candy store. Somebody from the club, uh, from the dugout that night after the game handed the bat and said, here. And I'm like, what's this? He goes, one of you guys can have it. And I said, who? He goes, whoever wants it. I went, hold it. Christian Garcia has on stand. And I said, no, nope. Looked at the kids around me. You know, they're all like 16 and younger. And I'm like, sorry, the adults got this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey. And I walked up. My wife is at the end of the end of the row. And she's like, where'd you get that at? And I said, it's the guy who broke his bat. And then I bragged about that bat for two weeks. And everybody's like, how in the world did you get it? And I said, I just asked for it. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, Christian Encarnacion Strand, he played for Oklahoma State, ends up with the Minnesota Twins, gets traded to the Reds. I expect him. I bet you that he'll be with Cincinnati by the All-Star break. If not, he still may spend some time with Cincinnati's AAA Farm Club. And, I mean, Strand got – Strand last year, geez, um, inside, or hit for the cycle, first cycle ever at Riverfront. Okay, guys, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, all uh, right, so let's, let's – uh, Let's yeah. talk about you. You are bringing up Johnny Damon, Carl Beltran. Let's get into um, – Let's just wrap up with the Hall of Fame because that's the big news. Right. Yeah. Um, you got Scott Nolan. Congrats to him. Great defensive third baseman. Um, just all around a good, consistent player. Gets in the Hall of Fame. Just squeaking in. But it doesn't matter how you get in. You're in. You're a Hall of Famer. But Todd Helton just missed out. Oh, and and, and yeah. Carlos Beltran was in there. And – he missed out. Uh, no, yeah, Beltran, Beltran got 46 and a half. And yep. I think Todd was what? Todd was what? 72 too? Yeah. Yeah. T Todd Helton was 11 votes away. Wow. And, and when you look at his stats, I know everybody brings up, well, half his games were in Coors Field, but you can't, I don't think you could, you know, kill the guy for where he plays. I mean, where he plays is where he plays. No. There's nothing you could do about it. So I, I think the guy should get in hopefully next season. You know, he got a nice boost this year. He's almost in, like you said, 11 votes. Can he get those 11 votes next season? Yeah, I hope so. I, I'm wondering who gave, and look, there's some random names at the bottom of this list, but who gave the one vote each to R.A. Dickey to. Uh, Bronson Arroyo. Bronson Arroyo got one. <laughs> I mean, if you just add those up and give them, the, I, I know you can't do that. But yeah, is it, yeah, you're but right. John Lackey I mean, you got get, one. If, Mike Napoli got one. Yeah, I mean, look, Houston I love Street Mike got Napoli, one. <laughs> but he, he's not a whole fan. I mean, you know, if you take those, if you take those five votes, if you take those five he's halfway votes, halfway there. Helton's halfway yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but you also got to look who probably one voters is. I got to can't even think of his name. You know, he's one of the radio jerks that, you know, thinks he knows baseball. And, and I mean, you know, living in, living in the Midwest, uh, I've grown up with some awesome radio voice of the Kansas city Royals, uh, Fred white, um, 
Denny Matthews. Oh my God. You can't, I mean, uh, and you know, I'm only associated with the Yankees uh, because my joke around here was everybody's like, who are you fans of? And I said, well, anybody that plays the Yankees or the Kansas City Royals. If the Kansas City Royals are in, I was a Royals fan. I mean, I'm always, no, first, first, first love, true most is, is a Royals fan, always have been. Uh, and then, hey, I went for the Cincinnati Reds in 75, 76. Uh, yeah, Chris, I know I'm just making you cringe, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was an Arizona Diamondbacks fan in 01, uh, you know, when when Schilling and, and Randy and RJ. That's all right. <laughs> it's, hey, listen, that's that's fine. You know, um, it, it just wasn't our year. You know, it was great. I, I, I still feel like 2001, we didn't really lose that series. I mean, we did, but those games in New York um, were special, you know, and I was, thankfully, I was at game five. Um, it's something I'll never forget, you know, especially being, you know, right after 9-11. And I think it put... Yeah, no kidding. It put it put baseball in perspective, you know, where, where it should be. It should be as a sport and not anything more important than that because... Those three games were great, and we felt like, you know, the, the city was so re- rejuvenated with those three ga- by those three games, and it helped us, you know, get through the next whatever months it was going to take to really get through everything. But um, those those three games were just just amazing, um, as a Yankee fan and just a baseball fan, just amazing games. And then to lose it in that game seven, um, especially off of Rivera. And all that, it was just, you know, Rivera has a throwing error in that inning, something that's another thing that guy never did either. So it was just a, it was just one of those, hey, it just wasn't our time, I guess, when it wasn't our year. But um, I, I mean, I look at Roland, yeah, I, I think he deserved it. I know a lot of people are saying he doesn't really deserve it. But if you go by that Jaws rating that's on baseball reference, he's the 10th best third baseman in baseball. Right. So, and I, I, uh, you know, I think that should get him in because there's not there's not many he, third basements in the Hall of Fame right now. So he he paid his dues. You know, the the Cardinals got him from Philadelphia, or was it other way? Yeah, St. Louis got him from Philadelphia, and trust me, I've I've known of the uh, you know of the tra- of the trades between those two ball clubs. Uh, my dad was a diehard Cardinals fan back in the fifties season in the 70s when uh, you know, St. Louis let Steve Carlton play and picked him up. Uh, you know, you look at that. Uh, uh, Scott Rowland. Now, as I said, everybody that, you know, knows me, uh, you know, knows my knew my dad said, oh, your dad was a diehard Cardinals fan. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a diehard Royals fan. And I'm a diehard Royals fan because I've always went for the underdog. And my Royals struggled in the 70s. But also back and established ourselves as one of the powerhouses in the American League because of the open athletics. I mean, you look at it from 1971 to 1978 
The Oakland Athletics were four-time American League champs. And the Kansas City Royals were three-time American League West champs. We do know who the American League champs was. It was, Chris, your Yankees. Mm-hmm. But I also remember what Cincinnati Reds did to the Yankees in 1976 yeah. with a four-game sweep. And trust me, 10 years old, I was laughing my butt off for weeks. <laughs> I'm like, New York went into Cincinnati and got their butt handed to them. And it was another thing, George Steinbrenner. But as I said, in 1980, I've never in my life seen George Steinbrenner move faster than he did in game five of the ALCS in 1980 when the Royals clinched. Steinbrenner's like, get away from me. Let me out of here. Get me away. And I'm like, I'm like, George, don't let anybody kick your butt on your way back. I mean, I literally saw that man run out of Coppin Stadium. I'm like, you got to well, be kidding me. All right, get, getting back to the ballot real quick. Like, after Roland and yeah. we talked about Helton, I think Wagner got a lot up. You know, he he got a good boost, too. He's up to 68%. So I think he gets in right. next year. Um, like Andrew Jones, he's another one that's like, he's right there. He's at, well, not right there, but he's at 58%. But now he's yeah, on. I'm looking at this was Jones and he's at 58%, like you said. How is Tory Hunter at 6%? And, well, and, and yeah, Tory. I think Tory, Jones was the better Tory, hitter. Yeah. Right. But, but Hunter, Hunter's, Hunter deserved more than six. I'm sorry. Yeah. And Jimmy Rollins to me is the big one. He deserves more than 12%. Yeah. And the one I always talk about, Jeff Kent. I mean, he's the he's the all time home run leader for second basemans, and he's not in. Yeah, yeah, but you got to remember, if I remember right, they could never prove it. But uh, Kent played for the Astros, right? Towards the end, right? Towards the end, Astros, yeah, Giants, and Astros, Giants. I mean, you know, they thought they thought Kent juiced it a little bit. I didn't really see it, uh, you know, because uh, you know, Christopher, you and I both grew up in the steroids era, uh, and I mean, I saw the steroids era, you know, with 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 McGuire and Seiko and uh, Sosa and. I think somebody got a little, little, little testy one time with uh, Brady Anderson. You know, Brady hit 52 one year, and they're like, "Oh, he's on steroids." And I'm like, "Hold it! It's the only year he hit over, hit over 35." <laughs> but you never heard much about Brady Anderson after that either. I mean, anybody yeah. hits over 50, you you know, you think they're juiced. Uh, now Salvi hit. Salvi hit like 40, 47, 48 this year for the Royals. And Salvador Press's work ethics, if anybody ever oh, trust me, you you may hear blood curdling screams if anybody ever accuses him of of, of roids. It's yeah. just it's just it's just the way Salvi plays. Yeah, I, and, I, just, I just never heard Jeff Kent and steroids connected. The only I just heard more for his defense wasn't that great. And his yeah. relationship with the writers. 
yeah, yeah. I think that kind of had something to do with it too. But it was the last year of his on on the ballot, so the only way he gets in now is like through a veterans committee or something. Um, but Rollins, like you mentioned, I I think that that's a guy. I remember that article that was in the Athletic that we that we both looked at uh, not that long ago um, was really well written, and it brought up all the points to put him in and then also some points not to put him in so yeah i mean there are, one there of those are guys. reasons if you're going down if we're going down the list there are good reasons and then also good reasons to keep some of these players out there are warts on all these guys resumes but because we're talking about the top right percent of baseball gets into the into the hall of fame so i get it you can nitpick and kind of chip away at them but and another guy too. Some of these guys, I think Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer. I really do. Yeah, he is. I think so. And you're right. He, uh, you know, used it against him because he played at Coors Field. But look at Jim Tomey. Uh, Jim played at, uh, you know, Municipal Stadium or, uh, yeah, Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. Uh, he played one or two seasons one or two seasons with the Rockies. And then uh, he also played at uh, uh, – Yeah, but he went over I'm not sure if – Did he get six? No, 500, told me, right? I think he got five. Yeah. But now when you talk about, you know, you talk about the altitude era, uh, Jim Tomey hit the, you know, the highest home run in, in, uh, in, 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 Coors, State, in Coors Field, you know. Uh, Tommy, Tommy got six twelve, actually. Yep. So there's yeah. a no doubter about him. I mean, and, and there was never a doubt with steroids either with him. So he no, was no Jim Tommy was just country. Yeah, I, yeah. That yeah, was a no doubt. I right? would. I wouldn't. He'd uh, be another one that I would. He'd be another one that I would. Uh, you know, fight uh, for the for the no steroids because, I mean, Tommy was a stud. Everybody was like. Uh, but as I said, you know, I've, I've gotten a new confident for, uh, on Twitter, her name, you know, uh, Gina Moscuto, uh, Gina and gotten, you know, a new perspective for her. Uh, actually I've, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot now from, you know, minor league baseball's got two women managers now, uh, um, the Hillsboro High Tops just got a female manager, and Tampa's got one for, uh, you know, and I'm learning a different perspective when it comes to baseball. Yeah. And uh, now you two are I you two have been on Twitter a little bit longer than I have. The only one that I still haven't learned her quirks is uh, you know, Shayla Shayla, the commissioner lady, the one that follows the Twins. I, I haven't learned how to figure it out yet, but you know, I may one of these days. But she she seems to know her baseball. And then uh, another one is uh, you know, Austin Red Sox fan. Um, hey, they know their baseball, and I mean, you well, know, I'm breaking my wife. I'm breaking my wife in to learn how to be a you know a sports fan and. You know, she's there to give me some support. She's like, baseball, what's that? You know, she, but hey, guys, my wife does know the difference between between a touchdown in football and a home run in baseball. 
and a goal at hockey. So that's great. <laughs> well, listen, and, and I, what I was I was talking about with these guys that got close or that are kind of in the 30, 40, 50% range, when you look at yeah. next year, there's a couple of big names coming up next yes. year and then the year, right? Next year, you mm-hmm. got Beltre and Maurer. Those are yeah. the big names, right? And then after that, you got some big names coming the next two years. Yep. And these guys just kind of get logged in and you forget about people like, oh, well, you know, half the room's going to vote for him. So maybe a writer says, I don't have to vote for this guy. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen. All of a sudden, that guy gets stuck in Jeff Kent territory and then he's off the list. It's a shame. Yeah. because you Well, you know, the one... The one, the one vote I was thinking of now is uh, Dan Levitar. Dan Levitar. <clears throat> that guy's the biggest windbag I've ever heard of when it comes to, you know, comes to sports broadcasting. But he also kind of, kind of reminds me of Jim Rome, you know. So, yeah, the, <laughs> they have a job to do, and they, and that's how they do it. You know, it's they have to make something at outlandish or. You know, we see that on all. I I don't even pay attention to all those talk shows because they're just no. total waste. You know, like because you you know all they do. Just, yeah, all they do is give me an ulcer. Yeah, so I don't even bother wasting my time listening to them. But definitely the next couple of years, you got some big names coming in, and like you said, Patrick, they're gonna get some of these guys that you know you might look at and say, oh, okay, well maybe next year. You know, like like Beltran's another one. Beltran should be in. He's another you know, one of the greatest center fielders we've seen. And he's, he only got 46%. I thought he was going to get a little bit more. Yeah. I thought um, he was going to be like low 60. Yeah. I thought he was going to be like one more year, you know, one like more maybe, year, yeah. Yeah. But, but maybe you know, thing. Yep. His, his hiccup right now is going to be being associated with the Astros. And uh, so now we can't have a, a Todd Helton because Colorado. So we can't have anybody from Houston associated with that. So it's like baseball just makes baseball takes what should be the, the pinnacle of the off season and right. they make it difficult. And they make it a, you know, right. all these writers like saying, nope, that's it. These guys can't integrity go in. <laughs> and I get it. It's integrity. Okay. But it should be about your numbers and when you were in the game, were you one of the best players? If you are, put him in. And Beltran never yeah, got but, suspended for what he no. did. No, I, I, I mean you look okay. He's associated with that scandal and lost his job with the Mets that he had for like two days, and what he did was horrible. And but, yeah, but you but you also got to look at you know in in the steroids era, yeah. they're fighting hard to keep McGuire, Canseco, and Barnes. And Clemens, I'll be honest with you. All four of those. No, I. For some reason. And Palmero. And I'll Sosa. take, I'll take three of the five, that have been accused for using the steroids. Sammy, Mark, my out of those five, I will go with Sammy, Mark, and. Uh, I can't even think of the fifth one. To but me, I'm to sorry. Me, I guys, just, I, Bonds, yeah, no. I, I, to listen. me, Bonds, is a, Bonds was a Hall of Famer. And then oh, yeah. Turned him right. into a Mount Rushmore player. And then yeah, he turned himself into a jerk. But 
I did <laughs> like. Do anything I wrong. did like. <laughs> I did like the gesture after Aaron got his six. You know, after Aaron broke the Yankee record, and you looked at it after that. Roger Maris's son respected Aaron Judge. Now, I've never looked at Aaron Judge as a, 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 as a user, uh, but, and we all know that Albert Pujols, who ended up with what, 712? Uh, no. Am I 100 off on that or not? Uh, it was definitely 700 something. Yeah. Oh, 702. And um, everybody was looking at, at pull holes for years. Oh, he's, I mean, no. Albert's Albert's thing was, and you can look at it, look at his arms. I mean, the guy's got tree trunks for arms. And he's another one of those. Now, he played in a very hard ballpark at, at Bush. And then he went out to, uh, you know, out to the Big A in, in Anaheim. And to me, he's just like Brett. You hiccup and one's out of the ballpark. Now, Judge even hiccups. You know, I think when, when Judge hit his 62nd, I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. But it also reminded me of um, Alvarez's home run in game six. Yeah, game six of the World Series. When he put it in, you know, the uh, in the highest part of the center field fence at uh, at uh, Minute Maid, uh, dude, when I saw that that night, I mean, he it was another one of those. And as I said, my favorite line when it comes to guys hitting home runs over four ten. It's I, I I use it as the burp I use it as the burp factor. The guy burps and he hits one four twenty. You know I used it on Brett. I use it I use it on your uh, uh, Alvarez and a couple other guys that have come up through the years. They burp and they can hit one four twenty four thirty five. Yeah. And yeah, some of those you didn't even need the wind either. Now, Helton, I feel sorry for it because he was. I liked him when he played in Colorado. Um, I think Beltran's hiccup was was the, you know, was the cheating scandal. But Houston showed me something, and yeah, I just I'm I'm not over Houston, but I was happy for three players for two players for Houston. I was happy that Dusty finally got, you know, got his managerial World Series. And for once and all, once and for all, I was glad that Altuve finally got, you know, Altuve got one, um, you know, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't scandalous behind it. Um, one of my first games as a kid was getting to see the Astros back in the 70s. Well, I, I and think I've, it. it I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where, um, or I should say when Altuve becomes um, eligible for the Hall of Fame because he's a Hall of Famer, right? A couple more oh, years, yeah. he's one of the best second basemen's out there now. So he he'll probably he should get in, but I wonder yep. if they're going to hold him back for a year or two, like they're like they're doing. I wonder if Beltran gets in at all because those numbers should be higher for him. He should get in. 
I know, listen, okay, he did what he did. It's over and done with. Obviously, more teams are doing what, what they do, but in a different way maybe, and they just didn't get caught because it wasn't so obvious. But I, I just think it's, for me, it's it's unfair because I think, Patrick, you kind of said it too, is that you got, these players, for, for what they did, uh, tell uh, tell the story of baseball, right? Whether it's the steroid guys, or now this era with the with the sign ceiling or whatever. To me, it's just a part of the game. It's the story of baseball, and that's what this museum is. It's telling you the story of baseball. How can you walk in there and see on on the wall home run leader Barry Bonds, RBI leader Bonds, all these numbers with Barry Bonds, and he doesn't have a plaque. You you acknowledge his numbers as records, but you don't acknowledge it enough to put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand right. that. And then, you know, that's what you look at at Pete Rose. Over yeah. 4,000 career hits, not in the Hall of Fame. Now, I can throw in another entity with Tom Brady. I mean, six Super Bowl wins with three with two different teams. Seven. Seven. Uh, now, the one big scandal that's always behind Tom Brady is – uh, uh, the deflate, you know, when he was deflating the balls. Yeah, that was just um, one game. I know, but but everybody looks at it as it's Tom Brady, right? But, but I don't. Hey, listen, I don't care about a deflated ball. Like you're you, they were winning that game right. regardless. So a deflated ball or a more flated ball, and it was only like what a pound, maybe or a less than a pound difference. It was a pound. Yeah, so but, I, I don't. That was no big deal. Right. Um, I'm with you on that. You know, and, and as I said, I've got another, you know, I've got another uh, icon grow, you know, coming up now with Kansas city uh, with, with Patrick and uh, you know, every time I see Patrick, you know, on the field, it's, Hey, the kids lights out. I mean, the chiefs have him hooked up for another eight years. Uh, he's got stock into, he's got stock into the Royals his wife's got stock into the soccer team in Kansas City. Uh, so, hey, what can I say, you know? But, yeah, you're right. It's the Hall of Fame is an integrity. Uh, you look at it in the sense, uh, well, you know, Yankees, Royals, everybody blamed Brett for having his pine tar too high. Whoopie-doo. Do you think? Do you honestly think the two two of the career home runs that George Brett had against Rich Gossage? Do you think that pine tar made any bit of a difference? No, no, that was more gamemanship, I think, than anything else on the part of Billy Chris, Martin coming yeah, out there. And... I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Chris, you 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 had Martin, you know, and even when even when Billy died, uh, they asked George Brett. He says that day. That day, when 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 you hit the home run against Gossage, the second time in your career that you had hit a game-changing home run, you sit in the dugout and Martin's standing there like he's got you the you know with the deer in the headlights going. This time, and I swear, if it wouldn't have taken for the crew that day, George Brett. Not only would have he would have been up on murder charges because if he would have got his hands on Billy Martin, Billy Martin would have been a dead man. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we we've got we definitely, you know, we 
I wish sometimes I could find, you know, guys like you that could do the show with me, you know, to get me, to get me some, you know, I, I feel good doing a show by myself sometimes, but, uh, trust me, the time that I had you guys on this summer and today, man, I'm having fun. And that's to me, that's what the show, that's all, that's what our shows were supposed to be for, because yeah. I think I found, I think I found you guys first. Uh, it may have been the opposite, but you know, I found you guys when we found each other this summer and I thought, how can you have a Boston Red Sox fan in upstate New York? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that, sa- it, it, isn't that sacrilegious? I and mean, I used to be downstate. It used to be closer to the stadium. <laughs> That's worse. Right. That's sacrilegious. Yeah. Upstate. It's, it's a whole different ball game upstate. It's like, uh, upstate, Canada, it's so. like almost Canada. It's, yeah. It's just a whole <laughs> different, different breed, but. Um, yeah, right. Conversation and we went over a lot of things. We started with Mondesi and we got all the way to, uh, yeah, good conversation. But this was another episode of uh, Talking Rivals. You can find us, you can find Chris on Twitter at CP7NY. I'm on Twitter at Patrick Trotty. Christopher, you want to give your uh, Twitter and your show a plug one last time so people know. Well, my show is uh, Christopher's Clutch Hitter on Anchor and Spotify. And on Twitter, I am uh, uh, S underscore hitter. uh, Hitting or hitter, I'm not sure. Hold on, let me find out real quick. Uh, I always like hitting. You're hitting uh, on Twitter. Yep. Yep. Has, has hitting. And, uh, you can find me on Spotify and Anchor. Uh, I think I'm getting ready to branch out this next couple weeks. And uh, I think, hey, I'm getting, you know, um, I, for me, I get it. I call it as a do for me when I do uh, uh, Sean, uh, Sharon, uh, Sean Aronson. He's the voice of the St. Paul thing. I'm always confident when I do an interview with Tim at 26 years. Uh, I'm going to work my hardest this year to get at least an interview with everybody that comes through Riverfront Stadium. Uh, uh, the Tulsa Drillers, if you guys aren't familiar with anybody in the, you know, the Texas League, we have a gentleman that's uh, down with the, tallest, with the Tulsa Drillers. His name's Dennis Higgins. Uh, Dennis has been the voice of the drillers and the wranglers, uh, for probably 10 years. And another one that I know of off the top of my head is, uh, Stephen A. Davis, and he's the voice of the Arkansas travelers, uh, on off days. I am gonna, you know, push, uh, MILB TV, uh, because I tell you, MILB TV has been a awesome, awesome addition to my life. Uh, yeah, it's a great resource. I, yep, and I've actually only missed, I think I've only missed about three weeks of the, of the inaugural season for the wind surge, uh, but the radio was really great. Uh, I brag about this, and everybody's like, seriously? Guys, I've got 12 Scoremaster scorebooks. Yeah. 
from cool. opening date opening day 2021 to the final out of uh, the Texas League Championship Series this year. Uh, uh, I'm I'm doing some work on making my own book. Uh, another thing I wanted to uh, plug to, uh, I'm in the process of uh, writing a book called uh, uh, The Wichita Wind Surge, the, uh, uh, the heartthrob of the Minnesota Twins farm system. Uh, so far, I'm up to 88 pages. I got a interview with a new publisher in about two weeks. So, uh, you know, give me some, you know, give me some love on that, that it works out. I'm at 88 pages right now. Uh, I've got all my stat pages really good. And trust me, you two guys, I, you know, Hey, buy them from me when I get done and, uh, uh, you know, buy the, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get a, a publisher yet, but right now they're going to be sold at, uh, you know, at, at uh, my expense. Uh, for what I put into the book right now, it's at 88 pages. It's uh, Wichita against the other nine teams in the Texas League, uh, players that have moved up. And uh, I'm actually doing kind of a recap. Uh, so far, uh, Wichita's in the Texas League. Uh, you've got the Arkansas Travelers, which are the AA affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. The Tulsa Drillers, the double-A affiliate of the Dodgers. Uh, the Midland Rockhounds, double-A affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, the Amarillo Side Poodles, the double-A affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the San Antonio Missions, the double-A affiliate of the San Diego Padres. Uh, the Corpus Christi Hooks, the double-A affiliate of Houston. And Northwest Arkansas, which is the double A affiliate of the Royals, and the Springfield Cardinals, the double A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. And last but not least, uh, my uh, Wichita Wind Surge, the double A affiliate of the Twins. Uh, wanted to plug a couple more. Uh, got a bucket list of 100, 150 ballparks. I've uh, off record. I've actually been to seven major league ballparks. All of them, uh, uh, all of them are extinct or they're in their uh, their their third overdrive. Uh, minor league baseball. I've been to Oklahoma City. Was the old Oklahoma City 89ers, the AAA affiliate of the Phillies, and the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Now the AAA affiliate of Los Angeles. Uh, you guys know both know my history here in Wichita. And I've also been out to Norfolk, Virginia when I was in the military uh, with the AAA affiliate of the uh, New York Mets, the uh, Norfolk Tides, which were previously the Tidewater Tides. Uh, but uh, yeah, it reminds me, I, you know, I want to push, push. I'm going to, I think I found me a sponsor if I can get him to do it. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the, uh, minor league and major league passports to go to the, to the ballparks, but I'm going to give him a shout out and say, Hey, if I, if I, if I give you this, will you, you know, will you sponsor my show for a little bit? Cause I tell you guys, it is, it, it's for me, it's just fun. Uh, I mean, years ago, I found a scorebook of my dad's from, 
I'm wanting to say 1958, 59, maybe 60, 62 of the Cardinals. And I do have I I do have verification because I went through baseball reference and matched the dates and everything. Uh, another thing on my dad's, I found an eight uh, eight millimeter reel to reel of the World Series between I'm thinking the St. Louis Cardinals and possibly the Philadelphia Athletics. Um, from the fifties and uh, from the fifties, uh, sixties, obviously in black and white. Uh, and I'm hoping one of these days, you know, if I can ever get anybody interested, I've already in my mind, I've already got one set up, but I've got a, uh, um, a four, uh, a nine city. Actually, it'll be a 10, it'll be all 10 cities in the Texas league, but, uh, uh, 14, 15 days, uh, start out in Wichita, go to Springfield. Uh, from Springfield, we'll go to Northwest Arkansas. From Northwest Arkansas, we'll go to Little Rock. Uh, and then we'll pretty much get the highlight of the highlight of the trip. We'll go to Frisco, um, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, Midland, and Amarillo to close out the Texas tour. And then the last day will be in Tulsa. And the way I look at it is I'm able to guarantee anybody that goes on the trip. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to put it on everybody's website, everybody's team website, and say, hey, I can at least guarantee you at least two games in those 10 days with your franchise, including one in your franchise. You know, uh, say somebody from Amarillo wants to go. Well, I can guarantee him even the even the trip I set up last year just as a mock trip. I was able to get lucky to catch the rank or ch- uh, catch the wind surge like three times. Once in Wichita where I started the trip and once or twice if I played it right uh played it right getting to watch them. But uh uh as I said I've got my bucket list. The list is, you know, Still at one, but hey, I've got 14 games under my belt. I'm hoping to get 20 or more this year. Uh, the Wranglers have uh, had the best record in the Texas League the last two years. Um, and you know, with all the changes in league baseball now, uh, as I said, I've got four guys that have played for Wichita that are, you know, uh, possible possible opening day starters for the Twins. And uh, guys that have come through with uh, the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, Kansas City's AA affiliate, uh, got at least two that are possible starters for the Royals, uh, Vinny Pascatino, uh, who Christopher, you've probably heard of him. He's a big, he's a big New York Jets fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had him yep. on my uh, my fantasy team last year too. Yep, good old Vinny. Uh, uh, and Vinny's another one. Uh, Vinny's another one of those. You know, you burp. He burps loud. He can put one. You know, and and uh, Matt Walner. I I won't forget Matt. Matt came out of Southern Miss, uh, and uh, be, you know, became a uh, became a, a Minnesota Twin. Uh, he struggled this year, but I tell you, once that guy got in the groove, um, Matt could. And I tell you, I saw Matt played right probably. 
87, 90% of the time that he played for the wind surge. And trust me, when they tried to stick somebody, you know, if Matt had an off day or Matt, you know, Matt had been traded, I think, no, Matt tried not traded, but he promoted. You talk about a hard shoe to fill and uh, the two ballparks in Wichita, they've always been uh, for years. We had a uh, old Lawrence Dumont stadium uh, and talk about a short porch. Uh, Patrick, you're probably familiar with the uh, Fenway back in the day. Yep. Uh, Lawrence Dumont Stadium in Wichita, and I swear, 305. 305 down the right field line. Yep. And as I said, we had guys like Chris Chamblish, Larry Walker, uh, Larry Walker, who played for uh, for Colorado. Larry came through. Uh, uh, as I said, you know, people that have played for Chicago, Cleveland, Montreal, Texas, Cincinnati, and then all the guys that played the old Wichita Arrows back in the 70s, Omaha, Indianapolis, Evansville, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Louisville, New Orleans, all those guys became household names later on. Bruce Suter, the Rochelle brothers, uh, Dave Rosello used to play for the Cubs, Buddy Bell, Chris Chamblish. Guys, I could have a show by myself even doing just history of Wichita baseball. Eric Davis, Johnny Damon, Alex Gordon, Carlos Beltran, Jermaine Dye. The guys that have become household names. Yeah. When my dad told me that Chambliss played for Wichita, it's like, yeah, yeah, right. Well, guess what? You look up the archives and baseball reference, and there they are. Chris Chambliss, uh, Buddy Bell. And I, I get to say to myself, these guys came through Wichita. To everybody else, Wichita is known as Okay, they're the biggest city in the state of Kansas. They're the air capital of the world. Well, nobody really holds that, you know, we hold that candle still, but it's not much. But I can also, again, look and say that, hey, these guys came through Wichita. And you're right. They're playing their dream now. The Jose Mirandas, the Vinny Pascatinos, the Mike Masseys, the Bobby Witts. And I get to say, hey, if I if I really try, if it works out and I get to opening day and I get a chance to say, hey, I, I got to see you one time at Riverfront Stadium in Wichita. One of my one of my big time. One of my big time favorites when I was a kid growing up, his name was Steve Swisher. He caught for both the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Steve was, and he also caught for the Cubs. Steve was the manager of the Tidewater Tides. And I got Steve, I went to a Tides game one year when they were still at their old, at old Metropolitan Stadium. And uh, I saw Steve and I went down and I said, Steve, I got, I, I said, you won't believe this. And he's like, what? 
I said, I saw you play for Wichita. I saw you play for Louisville. I saw you play for Tulsa and Springfield. Steve looks at me and like, really? And, you know, another biggie I've got, I've got three, three guys that played in the NBA out of Wichita State. I've got Cliff Livingston, Antoine Carr, and Xavier McDaniel. Trust me, Wichita may not be mighty to a bunch, but I can say one way or another, we've had players that have come through the city of Wichita, whether it be collegiately, whether it be collegiately or whether it be professional. And I can truly say that Wichita is a sports bed. And as I said, I'll plug my book. Uh, I haven't got a title of it yet, but uh, it's a statistical a statistical biography of the, the teams that Wichita faced last year. Um, my podcast is Christopher's Clutch Hitter on uh, uh, Spotify and Anchor. And I am venturing out there in the blog. Uh, matter of fact, this season, uh, I am going to do a 35 to 45 minute uh, daily show. Uh, Monday or Tuesday through Sunday morning uh, with Monday being a Monday being a big recap because okay. uh, yeah, Monday being a big recap. Uh, the Texas league follows a new and Texas league's always had a strange format. They play, you play six game series. Uh, so you get to face at least one pitcher twice. Now you get to face the bullpen at least twice. Uh, Texas League's been interested, but I'll tell you, I've I've seen guys that have come through Wichita. Uh, the Texas League uh, champions this year were the Frisco Rough Riders. They're the AA affiliate of uh, Texas. Uh, Corpus Christi, uh, Corpus Christi was Hunter Pence. Uh, you know, big big uh, Houston Astro, uh, San Francisco Giants. Uh, Round Rock, Texas, before they uh, Round Rock Express, uh, they went from double A AA to triple A. So I got to see some players come through there. And I know how, you know, I know how strong of a, you know, strong of a following you have, you guys do for the, uh, the Yankees and the uh, Sox. But, you know, in my sense, I feel very fortunate to have the following that I have of the Wichita wind surge. As I said, guys, when I get the book, when I get the book ready, you guys got to buy from me, you know, because, you know, absolutely. I think You're it, definitely going to buy it. I think, sure. I think it's, a, I think it's a great book. I mean, we I'm will. really happy about it. We'll, we'll definitely support uh, it and we'll, we'll definitely promote it as well. We'll put it up on Twitter and best and of luck. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I haven't, as I said, I've only had eight episodes, eight episodes, but uh, you guys will definitely be in, uh, you know, my repertoire for talking rivals. Uh, I'm meeting a few other people on here, uh, you know, that I'm getting to know. And as I said, I've also found the belly acres, but as I said, three females that I will follow to, you know, the end of the baseball world is, is socks attic, uh, Gino Muscuto, uh, Mus- Muschetto, and yep, 
good old Shayla, the commissioner lady. Uh, I've, I've, I, I see those guys know their baseball. Now, 20 years ago, I would have thought, now nah, you guys don't know baseball. You don't know sports. Mm-hmm. But I also see how, how, how those three are invested, uh, you know, invested in their sports. You guys, hey, you guys are an awesome, awesome set of friends. And, uh, you know, trust me, I never thought you could have a, a podcast with the, Yan- with the Yankees in Boston. Uh, shoot, first time I saw that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. These two guys will kill each other. <laughs> See, we're proving people wrong every day. There you go. Right. right. Yep. We are. And, and, you know, thank you guys for, you know, getting me on the show. And our pleasure. I may, learn, I, may have, I may have learned how to get you guys uh, later on this summer, you know, uh, you know, maybe all-star break. Uh, uh, I'm still losing the quirk. I'm still learning the quirks. And uh, as I said, I am the director and the producer of Christopher's Clutch Hitting, uh, which I, uh, you know, I look for that ultimate clutch every night. And some nights in a six-game series, it could be the same guy, right? Yep. Or right. we could, you know, we could, we could, lo- yeah, we could lose and get our butt handed to us. And I go, "Oops, nobody did anything tonight," because that's the joys of uh, minor league baseball. Some nights you can, you know, any get any given week you can have a seven, eight, nine, ten-run inning, and you're like, "Hold it, these are what high school kids do." And these guys are doing it on a weekly basis. Yep. You don't know how many times you don't know how many times the wind surge have a seven, eight run inning. And the opposite. How many times the wind surge gave up a six, seven, eight, nine run inning? Yeah. Yeah. And then they turn and then they turn around with a nine run inning of their own and come back. Yeah. But hey guys, thank you very much. And uh thanks for joining right. us. Christopher. I had and, fun uh, and yep. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And um, listen, next week we'll be that much closer to spring training starting and then opening yep. day. So we're definitely looking forward to it. And we appreciate everybody joining us. And we'll see you guys next week. Take care.